Hello and welcome to The Flicksters, the place where two movie geeks bring you all the movie reviews and news you could ever want in this week. That's right, just for this week. You can download our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, CastBox and Anchor. Just pop in The Flicksters podcast and follow us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube and Twitter. And again, just pop in The Flicksters podcast and follow us before we follow you. (laughs) <laughs> i love that i love that i love it good evening world i can't even say good morning because it's like it's evening over here it's exactly what? it's 10 o'clock in the evening over you here for me yeah. so what time is it over there deval uh it's it's uh, it's high noon over here man it's high, high noon. noon well listen <laughs> ladies and gentlemen welcome yeah. to another fantastic episode of the flicksters we are coming at you from the antipodes brisbane australia london uk and i tell you what right a big shout out to all our listeners wherever you are in the whole world you know indonesia sweden thailand um, timbuktu you name it wherever you are listen welcome and we hope you yeah. enjoy the shows oh uh, yes yeah, so shout outs we've got uh, three this week uh song thrive is uh, one shout out and uh, i think uh, this was from Instagram, as it usually is, I've, I've noticed, there's a, there's a pattern emerging. But um, on Instagram, we, we posted, I think maybe, I don't know if you posted it or I posted it, the Flickers posted it. And it was a posting of uh, some of our hidden gems. And they shout, they just shouted out, I think it was the uh, the Bowling for Columbine one, I think it was, I think. And they just shouted out, oh, nice shout, nice uh, nice post. Uh, so yeah, Song Thrive, uh, thank you for the love. Thank you for spreading the love. And we'll, we're spreading the love back to you. So guys, if you're listening, go to Song Thrive's uh, Instagram, uh, Song Thrive, Song Thrive. Song Thrive's Thrives on Songs. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> Thrives on, on Songs. So there you go. Our second one, and this is uh, G underscore X, a.k.a. Georgetta. Georgetta. And Georgetta, I mean, she doesn't, Obviously, we, you know, she's listening to the show. Of course, she listens to the show. But this is the first time I think in a while she's like posted anything. And she was really excited about us. You know, Jordan Peele's new film. Yes, she, she was. She said that she's going to go out and watch it. It'd be great, George, uh, Georgette, if you can tell us what you thought about it. But um, yeah, so it was nice just to kind of see uh, G get in touch with us and showing us a bit of love. Yeah, it's great to see because I don't think she actually uh, goes to the cinema that often. So it, it just goes to show us was such a massive hit. You know, it's pulling people from the wilderness into the cinema theatres to watch this film. So yeah, like Amal said, do let us know what you think. Last shout out goes to Erica. Uh, Erica gave a shout out again to us. Uh, she shouted out on Instagram. Uh, we put a post on Instagram about us and just obviously the fact that we reviewed it. And uh, she uh, put a message uh, down saying that, She's very scared to go and watch it. And she doesn't know if she's going to be able to pluck up enough courage to go and watch the film. And I replied saying, it's not too bad, you know. It's not, you know, it's it's not a classic, classic horror film, though it does have classic horror elements. But it's, it's, a, it's a film that, uh, you know, has very, very diverse and very multi-layered uh, themes. So I hope she has taken my advice and I hope she has gone to see it. So Erica, if you're listening, how was us? 
tell us exactly tell us brilliant those are brilliant shout outs i want to just spend a couple of minutes just speaking about it because deval after your amazing review of it and you know mm-hmm. so much of you talking about it i had to go out and watch it i'll tell you my thoughts about it but we'll speak about about that a bit uh, later on uh, in the show but before we do any of that sort of stuff let us crack on with the movie news and we've got lots and lots and lots to tell you ladies and gentlemen and keeping it with the horror theme over here Deval, what is going on with the creepiest doll you've ever seen, Annabelle? Oh my gosh. Yeah, so Annabelle uh, is, I think the sort of marketing train has 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 departed. So they are starting to uh, release, I guess you could say, you know, uh, uh, set shots and, you know, the cast and crew are starting to talk about it a bit. Basically, the title is going to be called Annabelle Comes Home. And this is, yeah, this is a... <laughs> so, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's actually going to be crazy. It's something that, and also, I mean, Annabelle Comes Home is going to be in The Conjuring 3 as well. So it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a double, it's a double one. So basically Annabelle Comes Home is going to be, is going to be uh, released uh, this June in cinemas, but it also links onto The Conjuring 3, which is going to be released 2020. So Annabelle is going to have a big part in the next two films that are, you know, going to be released under, obviously, Blumhouse Productions and going to be uh, Jason, not Jason one, sorry, uh, What's his name? Justin uh, Wan. Uh, Justin Wan? Yeah, Justin Wan. James Wan. James Wan. James Wan. It's a J. It's a J. So James Wan's going to be heavily involved in that as well. So definitely look out for Annabelle. Look out for Conjuring coming up in theatres soon. Exactly. And also, even before all that, there's there's a film which we've spoken about before. And, you know, you, we laughed about this, about the weeping lady, uh, La Llorona. And... Ah, oh, like yeah, This is this is the Conjuring universe. So there's characters that are in the Weeping Lady, which are connected to the Conjuring universe. And from the trailer, and this isn't giving anything away. Do you remember the father from Conjuring Part Two? I want to say, oh. a Latino. He's got kind of kind of had like from, a, from, a, a goatee beard. From the Conjuring Two. Conjuring two? When, when, when was this released? Oh, you're talking about the one that the, you mean the Sorry, nun? The nun. No, no. Oh yes, yes. Do you remember when? Oh. Do you remember in one of the in it's one of the Conjuring movies or one of the Annabelle movies where they call the priest, okay, and he's like, right, okay, look, mm. I'll take the doll, and then he takes the doll, he's in, he's put it in the back seat, and then he goes to the church, and then he just gets taken out. <laughs> and uh, uh, maybe you mean Annabelle Creations uh, or Annabelle? Maybe it's the second okay. Annabelle. Well, yeah, maybe. One of those ones. Well, he's he's in the Weeping Lady, <laughs> so oh, yeah, is so it? it's all. All oh. in a connected universe. Oh my gosh! It's, it's that's all crazy. Bro. No, no, so no, that's crazy. So the Weeping Lady, I think that's out here in in the next few months over here in Australia. I'm not sure about in Europe. So um, let's keep an eye out for that one. Oh, yeah. Okay. All let's right. Do so that. now you've spoken about us. Uh, you know, just uh, at the intro, and you said about how much it's done. But tell us, explain to the audience exactly what do you mean by it's taken a lot of money at the at the box office? Yeah, us has done really, really well at the box office. I mean, us uh, the budget was twenty million dollars. I mean. That's in this day and age for movies. That's sometimes the salary of one actor, you know. So 
the whole budget for the film was $20 million. In the first uh, three days uh, in the US alone, uh, it grossed $70 million. And that's the best opening for an original horror movie. So that just goes to show that, you know, the, I guess, yeah, it's just done crazily, crazily, crazily well. And the confidence that the studio had in uh, in Jordan Peele to create another masterpiece, you know, it was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was there to be seen. And, and the, and the money has now, <laughs> the money's now in the bank, you know, I mean, this is what they, this is what the investors really, you know, when you're sitting at an executive, you know, board meeting and the investors want to, you know, you're trying to ask the investors for money. They ask for, there's very, there's very, uh, particular team uh, term that, that that they always talk about and that's re- return on investment and you know when you're trying to pitch an idea investors want to know okay what's going to be my return on investment so you know they've they've you know they've invested 20 million in three days it's gross 70 that's triple what they asked for and that's just in the us not not to speak of you know in the uk australia or anywhere else in the world and uh, even with marketing costs, you know, it's still going to it's still going to make back a heck of a lot more money than they than they put yeah, into it. Ab- absolutely, I've been I've been kind of like reading the news. I've been keeping an eye on this, and it's done a lot a lot of money. And it's the, it's the best opening for an original horror movie. Is that is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. So it's, it's crazy, and this can mean only one thing. It means that studios will give like Jordan Peele, more money to go out and do more stuff. But crucially, crucially, it means that other directors, other creators, other producers can come along and maybe do things which are similar or have similar themes. And maybe, you know, they might be given opportunities that in the past they might not have. Because think about it, this is a movie, and Jordan Peele has basically gone on record to say this, is he didn't want to cast, he didn't want to have a white lead. He wanted he wanted this to have kind of like you know you know you know black people in the film because he's already seen all those types yeah. of movies before where it's been a, a you know a white person yeah a white family and etc cetera, etc cetera. so now this opens up the gates next devout there'll be you know Gagandiba Babandida who can like you know get a film <laughs> deal and you know we'll see we, you know it's true we, you know you actually you're actually so right it's, it's, it's true it's, we're gonna see people from Ghana making films and like you know people in India coming doing these stuff right so exactly. it's gonna help us all out man but you're right it's, it's opening doors for all kinds of people to come and make films look at uh, James Wan is doing mass massive things with Aquaman and uh, is going to be obviously doing a lot, lot, lot more movies and producing, whether it's TV shows or whatever. Uh, Marvel have got uh, Asian directors yeah. leading the way, you know, coming through and and uh, and creating content there. So you're right, actually, it's it's just opening the doors to people that I guess were always around but just never had the opportunity to really show their talent. Exactly. So so may long may all this like you know. Yeah let them let it earn money let it earn money because somewhere down the line yeah. you and i could be pitching an idea to kind of like you know Bloomhouse <laughs> about you know serial yeah. killers like you know babangida and the goat man <laughs> right okay yeah. so um let's move on to some other news right okay so bond 25 now kind of is it happening is it not happening but our little birdies have told us that bond 25 starts filming 
this week. Boom. So probably going to see it next year or, uh, uh, you know, a year and a half later. So that's that's something good for Bond Bond fans. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, like I said, it's taken ages. So just get it done now. I mean, Daniel Craig actually said he'd rather commit suicide than do another Bond <laughs> film. Uh, he should have probably chosen his words a bit more carefully, but... You know, he was really against it for a long time, but obviously they must have waved a massive check in front of him to say, this is your retirement check. One one last, you know, one for the road. And he's, then it changed exactly. his mind. So exactly. here um, we are. All right. So I want to move on, which is something connected to Bond. Do you remember when there was this whole thing about uh, Idris Elba? being the next Bond. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. that, yeah. And yeah, yeah. he kind of went on record to say, listen, you know what, he was never going to be the next Bond. But what he did do was he made a film with Matthew McConaughey called Dark Tower. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I watched that one actually in the cinema and I kind of almost fell asleep <laughs> uh, towards the last third, I think it was. It was just, wasn't really that good yeah, for yeah, me. exactly. So now what Hollywood decided to do was they thought, okay, we're not going to make any more films, but what we will do is we are going to make a TV show. And the Flicksters are here to let you know the Dark Tower Seas series has found its leads. And Sam Strike, do you know who Sam Strike is, uh, Deval? No, who's that? He's a guy from Night Flyers, which was the sci-fi George R. R. Martin sci-fi thingamajig on Amazon, I think. Yeah, I watched, uh, it's on Sci-Fi Channel. It's on Netflix now, actually, at the moment. It's on Netflix, but I watched uh, about five episodes of that and it's quite, uh, yeah, it's a a bit much. They're trying to do too much. Yeah, it's quite discombobulating. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, okay, so one of the guys from Night Flyers, his name's Sam Strike, he's going to play the Idris Elba character, so the gunslinger. And Jasper, a guy called Jasper Parkinon, he was in Black Klansman and he's going to play the villainous man in black who was portrayed by Matthew McConaughey in the film. So hopefully, hopefully this is going to be a lot better than the than the film. So let's keep our eyes peeled for this one. Uh, what else have we got? Tell us about uh, Todd Phillips and the Joker. Yeah, so Todd Phillips, uh, director of the, the Joaquin Phoenix uh, Joker film out in October, has revealed some uh, new pictures on Instagram. Mm. And uh, there have been a few pictures revealed and on-set photos revealed uh, during the uh, during the making. But I think, uh, yeah, he just thought, you know what? It's time to, uh, you know, keep people tuned in you know let's remind people what's going on so he just released some pictures on instagram and they 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 do look quite yeah they look good they look cool you know i think uh the pictures don't tell too much but they just whet the appetite a little bit maybe we'll put them on our instagram just so we can let our our listeners uh see what we're talking about but yeah i think uh i just want to see a trailer you know i think it's high time even even if it's a, a, a real teaser trailer show us something because it's april it's april now and uh, that's six months away. So I think it's time exactly. to see a trailer. The trailer would, would go down really, really well. Um, so yeah. yeah, so hopefully that'll come pretty soon. Uh, I've mentioned this before, I think. Uh, must have been like a few months ago. Um, there was a film called Toxic of, Toxic Avenger and that came out in 1984. And it's a really, really kind of like funny story about a, a janitor who finds himself transformed into a, a mutated superhuman after falling into a vat of toxic waste. And he gets transformed into the Toxic Avenger. And apparently this is now going to be rebooted and it's already got a director. And the director is 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 the director... Is it Mason Blair? Mason, I 
Macon Blair. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Oh, you are okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, think I, I think I remember this. Uh, this, this, uh, okay. Is it, oh, I guess he's, he's a hero, but he's like a deformed yeah. type of, uh, yeah. <laughs> he reminds me of that, of that guy in the Goonies. Like his eyes are not hey, level. You and, guys. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I guess it'll be interesting to see what uh, <laughs> what will come of and, this, really. Yeah, but yeah, Toxic uh, Avenger. And you know, realize this that Marvel actually came out with a comic book series on the Toxic Avenger. So this is yeah, this is like one yeah, of those things yeah. where it could take off. You know these oddball characters they somehow find a way to win over people's hearts and then they become like big hits so maybe maybe this could be something pretty yeah. big um all right talking of and did you know sorry, also that uh, arnold schwarzenegger was uh, reportedly attached to this project mm. uh, for a good year and a half he was a uh, he was <laughs> rumored to be involved in this uh, whether you know whether producing or maybe as the toxic avenger i don't know or maybe one of his crew uh, but can you imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger as a, a toxic Get Avenger? To the you know, <laughs> oh, Arnie man. But yeah. uh, but that's that's okay, that. Okay, yeah, that's that. Uh, now keeping it with superheroes, the first reviews of Shazam are in, and I haven't read all of them. I haven't seen the movie yet because, and I can't wait to watch the movie. But from what I have seen, the reviews are really positive yep that's what i heard my friend my friend actually saw it uh he was he was lucky enough to see it uh a few days ago and he said it was he said it was actually quite good and he's very critical so i'm actually looking forward to it now me too because because the buzz around it is pretty good it's it's almost like one of those things where you know where it's you can forget the missteps like for example justice league and you know whatever you want to say about superman and batman and all that sort of stuff so it kind of almost like it feels like a breath of fresh air they do they're trying to do something new they bring in this kind of fun character and it's, it's it'll yeah. be interesting so i can't wait to see this but uh, ladies and gents if you're worried about you know watching shazam I think take a punt, go out and watch it. I think it might be actually really good. And also on the theme of superheroes, this this has just kind of like come through over the last day or so. But Angelina Jolie, Angelina Jolie, ladies and gentlemen, she of Lara, um, Lara Croft fame. <laughs> Lara Croft. <laughs> is yeah. in the running to star in Marvel's Eternals. What do you say about that, Duval? I don't know how I feel about that, you know. I I don't know. I uh, I I'm not sure if I even if I like Angelina Jolie yeah, to be honest. No, fair point. Fair point. <laughs> I'm not too sure. I mean, I don't know if we need someone like her in Marvel. I don't know. I mean, she's supposed to be playing one of the Eternals, like you said. Uh, she's supposed to be playing a character called Cersei, which I guess is similar to Game of Thrones, but. Cersei is a, a very prominent character within the Eternals mythology. And uh, yeah, she's she's got powers that are quite, yeah, she's quite powerful. She's She has powers that are, I guess, akin to um, matter manipulation. So she's able to, to like manipulate matter at, at her will, but not any matter. I don't think she can manipulate living matter, but basically she can make a TV turn into a jukebox or, you know, something like that. So almost shapeshift, uh, non-organic material. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so she's quite powerful. She's got other powers as well. All the Eternals have got a whole host of powers. They, they're kind of seen as gods, you know, to the, 
to the to the lesser folk like us. Yeah, but like yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about uh, <laughs> about Angelina Jolie being Cersei. I, I, I've got mixed yeah. feelings. I'm, I'm going to have to wait and see. First of all, if it's confirmed, and secondly, when she when it you know, if it is confirmed, how she portrays the portrays yeah, exactly. the role. And also, like uh, my other birdies told me that apparently I didn't know this. Uh, you might have known this, but she was signed on to direct a Marvel film, and oh no, don't, this don't, is, don't, this no. is it. This is the thing. And I think what's happened is she's always been on Kevin Feige's radar, and she was she was on board to, to possibly even at the earliest stages uh, to direct. Um, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Oh, don't. So no, no, because no, no, that no. didn't don't, happen don't, and maybe don't. it's always been like, she's always don't. been there. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. So watch this space, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and as soon as we find out, as soon as our, our birdies in LA, let us know, we'll definitely let you know. Okay. So now this might be, this might come as a bit of a shock to people, but Avengers Endgame is rumored to clock in at, check this out, 100 and 82 minutes just let that sink in oh, let that sink in gosh. 182 minutes that is gargantuan i'm telling you that is just like the, it'll be the longest marvel movie ever made and the best three hours of my wait. life i'm the sure the longer the better exactly actually no no let me I, i'm gonna I, take I mean, that out when i edit this podcast i'm gonna edit that bit out <laughs> leave it in <laughs> But no, I mean, I can't wait. If that, I don't know if that's going to be totally true. Uh, if it will end up being that, but I do think that, you know, a film like this needs to be longer than any other film they've made before. I think uh, Infinity War was like two hours and thirty minutes. I think it was, so one hundred and fifty minutes. I think that is. But yeah, I think, yeah, this this needs to be epic. It needs to be long. Don't cut it out. Don't do a. Don't do a DC and, you know, put it under a certain amount of time because you think, I don't know, market research tells you that. Just go with it, man. Just give us, give us, give us what you want. We That's want more. Well said, man. That is it. That's it. Just go out on a bang. Give us everything and let us be the judge. And I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, because this is the the kind of the ending of, of the Infinity Saga, people are going to go out and watch it regardless. Exactly. They are. Like, exactly. you know, because this is, this is. It's going to make exactly. a killing. It's going to make a killing. So, Kevin, just like, you know, just push it out there. Push it out, whatever it is. Uh, speaking of Kevin, he was on record to say recently that the Captain Marvel sequels could go back in time. Mm, I, and you know me, Deval, I love a good old time travel story. But if this is, if this actually comes to fruition, this is going to be awesome. So remember, there's this whole period of where did Captain Marvel go after the events of Captain Marvel? And obviously she ends up, yep. um, she ends up in, um, at the end credits of Captain Marvel, she ends up with the Avengers, well, Captain America. Yep. So what happened in those 25 years? And there's a chance that, you know, we're going to find out what happens and there could be some time traveling involved and she's gone here, she's gone there. You know, you mentioned last week about her kicking, you know, um, going back to the Kree uh, planet and kicking ass over there. So let's let's hope. Oh, yeah, I, I think I think there's a lot to be uh, played there because you're right. I mean, she went back to end the war between the Korean skull or try and end it. And I'm sure she had loads, loads of travels on her way. Maybe she bumped into the Guardians. Maybe she bumped into, uh, not not the Guardians that we have now, but Guardians 3000, you know, with Sylvester, Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. And 
Yeah, she could have bumped into that crew. I mean, anything could have happened. So, yeah, it'd be good to find out, you know, the, the bits oh, in between, it'd be, maybe. It'd be, it'd be so, great yeah, if Yondu turns up again in Captain Marvel. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? That'd be brilliant, <laughs> you know? That that would be, be interesting to kind of see his face again. Uh, all right, now, moving on to other other Marvel properties. Tell us about Morbius. And this is this is like, this is going full steam ahead. We know that Jared Leto is going to be playing Morbius, but tell us, what what can you tell us? Give us some more nuggets of information, Duvall. Mm, Michael and Morbius, the living vampire. <laughs> so they're currently filming. <laughs> they're currently filming in Manchester. And um, for you folks that uh, don't so know, filming that, that's Manchester, England. Yes, Manchester, England. That's north. So it's just, uh, if you think of it as in like Game of Thrones, it's just a bit south of Winterfell. <laughs> But uh, but north, <laughs> but it. north of the twins. So, so yeah, so they're filming in Manchester. And I heard that they actually, you know, where they're filming, they're making it look like America, which is a bit yeah, a bit weird. But I guess maybe for uh, tax reasons, uh, I think some companies can film in the UK for tax breaks, so they do that. So I guess that's maybe the reason. But uh, yeah, so they're currently filming, and uh, from what I've seen. Melissa Birdies have taken uh, some set photos that show hints to other Marvel okay, properties. Divulge. So Craven the Hunter. Yeah, Craven the Hunter. There's a, there's a truck that has got the word Craven on it, and uh, that can lean towards Craven the Hunter, which is a Sony Marvel property. Craven the Hunter is a he's like a Wolverine on steroids almost. He's quite big. He hunts, and his name's Craven. Wow. <laughs> But uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he actually came out in the quite recent, well, not recent, but in the 90s, uh, Spider-Man animation. And uh, he was just one of those characters that he, he, he likes to, you know, he likes to uh, hunt in the sort of wilderness. He can go against the lion. He's, he's really crazy strong. He's got great senses. So if you are hunted by him, he's going to find you. He's like Liam Neeson and Wolverine mixed <laughs> together. So, you know, he literally will find you. He can smell you a mile away. But uh, Craven the Hunter was originally supposed to be the villain in uh, Black oh. Panther uh, before Killmonger came about. So, yeah, there was going to be some sort of sharing going on there, but yeah. it didn't happen. And remind me, and remind me, uh, Duval, so, you know, this Mor- Morbius film, is this a, um, is this like a Marvel Sony production or is it like what they did with Venom, which was just the Sony? It's just Sony. So it's, it's, uh, it's going to be... Yeah, just was just Sony. So a bit like how Venom is uh, strictly Sony, and even Spider Man is not really going to, you know, cross over into that. So this is going to be similar. And I'm, I'm not too sure what the uh, what the rating is going to be. Whether it's going to be a bit more hardcore, because uh, Morbius is a living vampire. He has to consume blood to survive. So yeah, so it could be a bit more hardcore than Spider Man. So yeah. we'll have to wait and see, but. Definitely, there are going to be other Spider-Man sort of Sony properties that uh, Morbius, the Living Vampire, will uh, will reveal. Silver Sable, oh, who uh, is a female character, yeah, female character, and she's she's like I don't know, she's got like agility. She's a bit like a, a Catwoman type character, uh, but a bit more hardcore. And in the ca- cartoon and comics, I mean, they they would cross paths quite often. With uh, with Morbius and Spider Man and stuff, so so yeah, so there's a uh, there's a lot going on. I think there's uh, going to be more that will be revealed 
as time sure. goes on as to who the other sort of Easter eggs could be. All I'm waiting for now is just another another Blade movie. That would be great. That will just top it all off if we could get another Blade movie because I'm a huge fan of Blade, the first Blade with Wesley Snipes. And It's really funny you say that, you know. It's really funny you say that because did you know that <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the end of Blade 1, there was a scene that was cut out, but uh, there's a scene where Blade is talking to his the lady on a rooftop and across the rooftop there's a there's like a long shot of a person in a long coat standing on the rooftop looking at oh. blade and do you know who do you know who that person morbius. was exactly oh. so they were they were supposed to do morbius years ago because blade one came out in 1998 yeah i think yeah, yeah 1998 yeah, was it around about the time yeah. yeah and uh the sequel was supposed to include michael morbius but the director, things fell apart, didn't happen. Uh, Guillermo del Toro came in, came into uh, helm the sequel, uh, which involved those. Remember, the sequel had those sort of vampire type yeah, creatures. Yeah. yeah. So Guillermo del Toro changed it, so he didn't have it as Morbius. He had it as those other right. creatures. Uh, so there was a, a bit of a similarity going on there, but just different in the way he, I guess, portrayed it on screen. But you can see where the idea came from. So Morbius, if it originally went to plan, would have been revealed years ago, years wow. ago. Ho- hopefully we'll see Blade come up again. And I'm sure, man, who's got the rights to Blade at the moment? Is it is it with Sony or what? Or I think so. Yeah, I think it is. Okay. All right. Well, here's to that. Now, tell us about, tell us about uh, mutants. Oh, mutants, new mutants. To mutant or not to mutant? <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> so New Mutants uh, finished filming in 2017, I believe, if not earlier. It was supposed to be released uh, 2018. Didn't happen, got pushed back. Remember, New Mutants was supposed to be released in cinemas before Infinity yeah. War. Yeah, just think on that for a second. It was supposed to be released February 2018. It's now April 2019 and it still hasn't been released even Maisie Williams was asked in an interview recently and she said she hasn't got an effing clue when it's yeah. coming out. Uh, there were reshoots that were supposed to happen that were pushed back. Some happened, some didn't happen. The word is that now uh, they may not even release this in cinemas. It may go straight to the Disney streaming right, service. Okay. So this this may not, it's just, been t- it's just taking too long now. It, just, it may not come out in cinemas. And why do you think that is? Do you, so do you, if it does do you come think out this is like a misstep for, for Marvel, the MCU, or is it just, it doesn't fit into their plans? Like, you know, what? why do you think that is? Because that's, cause that's pretty big though, because you've got this, you know, these great characters and a great opportunity for, for you know, people to kind of see these characters and they've just kind of delayed it all. Yeah, I think there's been missteps a few times. I think uh, one, probably with the filming. So filming didn't go to plan. Reshoots didn't go to plan. The marketing campaign has lost momentum. People have lost interest. It costs money to market films. They're thinking, okay, how can we still release this without you know putting more and more money into it? And maybe the most cost-effective way is now to put it on a streaming service, which will then be another reason why people will be attracted to that service to watch a film that they can only see on that yeah. service so 
yeah, sometimes they have to just, uh, you know, they have to think about things strategically. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, talking of sequels, uh, do you remember The Meg? Yes, yeah, I do. Jay- yeah. Your the shark, shark film. film. <laughs> uh, Jason Statham, a co-production with the Chinese company, made huge, took loads and loads and loads and loads of money. And it was inevitable. It was inevitable that they were going to come up with a sequel. And lo and behold, work is underway on a Meg 2 film. So, ladies and gentlemen, be prepared for more sharks, more Jason Statham, uh, lots of water, more probably Jaws references. Um, and if you like the first one which I kind of did. I think it kind of got better, better. Like, you know, the big, the beginning bit was, you know, it was just a bit boring and waiting for things to kind of happen. And, and then it kind of picked up and there were some good bits in there. So yeah, definitely. Um, I'll, I'll watch the Meg two again. I'll, I'll definitely watch it again when it comes out. So, um, yeah, let's wait for that. Also, also, yeah. also, also talking of big monsters, uh, Michael B. Jordan is apparently working on a monster movie, not set in, New York, not set in LA, not set in some fantastic location around the world, but in greasy, grimy, working class Detroit, Michigan. What do you think about that, Deval? Detroit's in Michigan? Yeah, 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 it is. I didn't know that. But you know what? I, I, I was kind of, I, I was reading about this, right? Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan was like, you know what? He always hated that about these big movies where they're always filmed in New York. They're always filmed mm. where you have like, or yeah. like in London, where you have the London Eye, the, you know, the Westminster Abbey and all that sort of stuff. But what about in the real places? And and I quite like this thinking, like, you know, the, yeah. the realism, the you know, it being gritty and it's filmed in Detroit. <laughs> It's just like, you know what? Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. It's a good, great idea, which is one of the reasons why I really liked uh, District 9. Because uh, it, it just took away from the, 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 you know, the stereotypical landmark backdrop city. So, yeah, I think if this happens, I'll be I'll be in line to watch this film. Michael B. Jordan's really, he's doing quite a lot. When I uh, had a look at this, yes, he's working on this monster film as well, but he's also producing quite a lot mm. as well. You know that? He said, yeah, he's really getting his uh, producing teeth stuck into a few projects. So he's not just going to be like a, you know, a a, a really famous and and talented actor. He's also looking to be a really uh, diligent producer as well. So, yeah, he's a... Well, with a name like Jordan, come on, I mean, what can't come on, you do? Man. It's like, it, but it's not just that. It's just like Michael B. Jordan. It's just like I don't know. Just it just has that name where it just carries like weight, doesn't yeah. it? It's just like you know he's going to go off and do yeah. stuff, and you know. And listen, he in my eyes, he hasn't he hasn't made a misstep yet in in the films that he's been in. Like you know, you know things like The Wire. Obviously, he was in. Um, obviously, you know people yeah. will look at Creed, and you know, well, actually talking about missteps he was good in the fantastic four but the film overall was obviously lacking in certain places but generally i I think he's a great actor and Mm. i think we're going to see more and more stuff and you know he i can see definitely see oscar him winning an oscar down the line as well oh yeah for sure yeah yeah for sure Uh, okay here's something that i want to kind of bring to your attention to do you remember the the famous scene in Alien, you know, where this is the 1979 Alien film where they're all around um, John Hurt. Is it John Hurt or William Hurt? Yeah, John yep, Hurt. Yep, John so all, yeah, one, one of them, of the one Hurt. of the Hurts. So yeah. they're all around him. 
I bet that <laughs> exactly. hurt, didn't it? <laughs> they, 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 they're all around him in space, in the Nostromo, I think it is. And the alien bursts out of his chest and then it, all the sh- you know, shit goes to, you know, shit hits the fan. Well, check this out. A high school in America, uh, the North Bergen High School, students at the high school put on a stage production of Alien and they oh, and specifically that scene has went viral and check this out you do not hear this happen all the time but Ridley Scott heard about this got in touch with the students wrote about them in, in a paper and said you know what I think it's fantastic that they've done it it shows that they've got like imagination they've got drive and also also he has donated money to the students so that then they can show do the play again uh, as an encore. Check that out, man. Are you serious? Seriously, oh my gosh. Seriously. What a way to catch someone's attention. So I don't know this stage, stage production, how they did it, but apparently that that kind of scene where the alien comes out, they did it in such a way which was really creative, really imaginative, and it caught the attention of Ridley Scott. And he's going to give them money so that they can go out and do the the production again. Oh, that's wicked! That that's that's, that's gangster. Wicked, man. That is gangster. Yeah. So that is wicked. So he's, I mean, as, as a as a you know as a like a young, uh, you know, filmmaker, you know, someone that wants to get into the industry, someone that really appreciates the the craft, and when you see someone like that, that even notices exactly. you that's more than what you can ask for. But then when they actually notice you and they want to get involved and, you know, all that sort of thing, that's like a dream come true for them, I'm sure. Apparently the letter to the students ends with Ridley Scott encouraging the students to put on a live production of Gladiator. Imagine that. Imagine if they, yeah, imagine if they go out and do Gladiator as well. So it's really interesting. So I just thought that was a a, a brilliant gesture from him, you know, for him to do something like oh, that, yeah. I thought that was really good. They should say to him, are you not entertained? <laughs> um, all right, okay, now, end, end the movie news off with some, give me some Game of Thrones stuff, man. Oh my gosh, Game of Thrones. Okay, so, oh, I don't know what, do you know what, Game of Thrones is, is it's doing something to me now that it hasn't done to me mm-hmm. before. I've watched Game of Thrones from day one. I remember when episode one came out, I was sitting in front of my TV watching it. I didn't know what what it was about. But I stuck with it, and here I am now. I've just finished watching season one to season seven oh, again shit. for the eighth time, what? I think. For the eighth time, yeah, yeah. I've watched, I've watched, I've watched every episode. Sorry, every season, like repeatedly. So I've done the whole thing now, and I've finished it. I'm having withdrawal symptoms. I've been doing my research <laughs> on, on, on Game of Thrones, on the uh, on the landscape, on the histories and the characters, and just. I never knew how big Estos was, for example. It's like a massive land that is just got so much history involved. But anyway, that's that's by the by. <laughs> that's all so cool, after <laughs> uh, after after season eight is, there's going to be a Game of Thrones documentary that's going to come out. I think the week the right, week after, okay. and I think this documentary will will just include the making of the final season. And obviously the the you know gargantuan task that the the cast and crew had to create something that would you know do it justice and you know put the last full stop on the saga that has been Game of Thrones and I can't wait to see it. 
Uh, it's going to be two weeks. By the time you probably listen to this podcast, probably just under two weeks away from airing. Uh, and I can't, I cannot wait. I cannot <laughs> wait. I mean, I, I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to... April, yeah? April, yeah? We get Game of Thrones and we get Avengers Endgame. <laughs> I mean, come on. And, and come on, and yeah. How many, how, many, how many times are you going to watch uh, Endgame? Well, I'm going to book <laughs> Endgame probably five five times before I've even seen it. Uh, I've watched Infinity War 12 times, so I'm, I'm going to have to probably see this oh 13. Oh, my gosh. Just to, top, just, just to top that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to see, I'm going to see it to death. I'm booking days off work, everything. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, see it like crazy <laughs> i love it i love it but yeah. yeah but i mean this whole game of thrones things i mean I, i'm like you I, i'm on i'm on season four i'm midway through season four just to kind of hold catch up and there's things in it that you obviously forget and or you don't realize yeah and one thing that i really really am enjoying is this relationship with uh aria stark and and her and the, and hound. the hound oh my god Yes. There's some yeah, funny yeah, bits yeah. in there, man. It's just brilliant. Yeah. It's just brilliant. It's a great relationship. Great relationship. So, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait, but, man. I can't oof. wait to kind of see all this sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's your movie news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, keep it locked. Uh, keep it locked because we're going to give you some uh, film news. Uh, sorry, some reviews coming up uh, pretty soon. But before we do that, let's just give a rundown of the top five, the top five films uh, in the box office at the moment. And starting in at number five is uh, Fighting With My Family. Now, Deval, you've seen this. I still haven't had a chance to see this film, but it's still fighting in the top. Yeah. It's still in the top ten. It's still in the top five. So, it's still fighting. Yeah, and like I said, it's a good film, and it's still there after all these weeks. It's got it's got stiff competition, but it's a it's a worthy film, I think. And because it's a British film, I think it's doing well in the uh, in the British uh, box office as well. So, yeah, good, yeah, good film. film. Okay, so uh, sitting in at number four is What Men Want, and have you had a chance to see this yet? I haven't. I probably will, uh, but I don't think I'll see it in a cinema. I'll be honest. I'll probably wait until it comes out in our next section uh, on Blu-ray sure. DVD. Okay. Uh, in at number three is Fisherman's Friends. Again, sorry, I haven't seen this. Um, I'm not sure if if it's kind of like you know, just a couple of friends getting together and they go for a bit of fishing. Who knows? I don't know. But I mean, if you know anything about this movie, ladies and gentlemen, let us know and um, we'll read out your review on air. Okay, so new entry. Uh, actually, is this a new entry? Uh, yes, it is a new yeah, entry. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, it is, yeah, yeah, sorry, I was just getting confused. So new entry. This is Jordan Peele's uh, Us, which has debuted in at number two, and it's already taken just under three million. Uh, it's obviously going to surpass uh, the three million mark. It's probably already passed it as I'm as we're kind of working on this podcast. But I mean, it's it, it's it, For yeah, sure. it's, a, it's a strong showing. I don't think it. Do you reckon it'll have enough to to knock off Captain Marvel? No, I don't think so. Captain Marvel's had more time, bigger products, bigger fan base. Captain Marvel will be will be number one. But I think for what it is, us will do a good job. Us will probably be in the box office for quite a while, and slowly build momentum through word of mouth. So it will linger. I think. Yeah. I- but it's, it's done a good, it's done a good entry so far. Good, you know. Yeah, definitely. Good entry. And, I, and I think you're right about that, about it lingering on. I think 
there's going to be word of mouth. People are going to say, look, hey, you've seen Captain Marvel. You've seen those other films. Watch this film now. And it's this. Uh, it's got this in it. And it's about this. Um, it's a character study about this. So I think there's going to be lots of kind of repeat viewings as well. So and just on the um, just on that. Well, actually, just just let's quickly go on to the UK box office number one film is Captain Marvel. Um, we reviewed it a couple of uh uh, episodes ago so go back and watch that movie it's great it's got some great moments in there and just to kind of paraphrase what you said it's not the best marvel film uh it's not the worst marvel film but definitely one of those films that you you've got to watch if you're a fan of of the mcu right oh yeah for sure for sure yeah and definitely, yeah, definitely. Worth a watch. And all i want to just say is uh going back a bit to to us devout i went out and watched it and the showing that I went to, it wasn't that busy, albeit it was it was a morning show because that, that's when I can get my films in right now. Um, uh, sorry, morning afternoon show. So I went and watched this film. I was really excited about it, and I got to tell you, I really liked it. There's so many things in this movie that are going on, and you asked me a question last week. You said, "Amma, go watch the film." And tell me what you think about the voice, how they how they speak. And I've got my I've got, I've got yeah. my theory on this, and and it's kind of as I've kind okay. of watched the film and I've kind of gone over and read a couple of things. Yeah, it kind of makes sense the way that uh, um, Lupita, the way that she speaks in the movie. There is a reason why she speaks that way. Okay. So I want to just ask you: Did you get the reason why she speaks that way? Yeah, uh, which way are you talking about the the uh, the sort of the above the ground family? Yeah, yeah, like those, yeah. Those so people. the above ground. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I kind of I, I don't know. I, I thought it was maybe to do with like you know with like afflu affluency right, okay. and stuff like that. It's like they, they it's like they seem to be the people that were like I don't know in society like successful and. Like just the the picture of the stereotypical affluent family, and just almost like how you know the families that we get in, in films, mostly white families that yeah, we get in yeah. films, uh, how they sort of the structure, how they come across, and stuff like that, and just some of the things that they they uh, that they that they say, like for example, when they get when they get involved, uh, the the dad says, "Oh, take my wallet, take my money." It's like that's the first thing you think someone wants your money because you're because you're you I don't know you're, you you think that you've got more money than them or something like that I don't know uh, but yeah I, I just I just I, and also also because I've I've heard them speak in other films and they sounded different so I thought oh why have they chosen to yeah, speak like that yeah. no no to you know? totally and I, I I get what you're saying there because when Winston Duke when his um, well, you know, he plays the, the male character and the dad of the family. And the way he specifically speaks is like, yeah, you know, he's kind of this affluent, he's putting on this voice and he doesn't sound like as if you might, you know, he doesn't sound like, you know, even when he was under stress, he didn't kind of, the, the rawness, the grittiness didn't come out. He still was had this kind of voice. But, but, but exactly. what I do exactly. want to ask right. you is, this, right. is that, did you get the ending yeah, I, I knew it from before. Right, okay. But did you get the double ending? The double ending, I, I, I think a, a couple of watches and I start to think about right, that. Right, okay. So with the ending with the kid. But 
yeah, I kind of thought, ooh, is the kid involved as well? Has he been like, yeah, you know, yeah. has he been, I don't want to spoil it too much for people, but is he also involved in this deception or, okay, you know, so, which I wasn't too sure about because, but I think so because there, there, there's a moment where uh, the mum uh, goes to him in the bedroom and uh, she's talking, this is after, you know, they've, they've gone to the beach and she says to him, oh, stick with me, you know, don't run off like that, blah, blah, blah. And um, he just points to the he points to the clock, and it's got eleven eleven yeah. on there. Did you yeah. see that bit? It's got eleven eleven, and eleven eleven means that Jeremiah it thing, does, doesn't yeah. it? But what he points to it like almost as if he knows it from a former life, like he's seen it around a lot because he points to it like it really yeah. means something. But he doesn't say anything. He just goes mm, no. He kind of yeah. grunts, and then she goes she goes over to the over to the clock. She puts some, some things away. And she, she sees a picture that he drew of the man that he saw at the beach yeah. with the blood on his hands. And she says to him, what's this? And he's like, mm. And it's, it's another thing that he grunts. It's like he doesn't speak. Exactly. Because it's almost like that's how he used to communicate. Yeah, Do you know what yeah, I mean? Totally. So sometimes little things that he does, it's like maybe he was one of them, you know, because he's just exhibiting these little telltale signs that he's not fully transitioned yet. And even when at the, at the beach, when they went to go and play and he wasn't really talking to the twins that were doing the cartwheels, they were like, oh, your brother's weird. And she was like, oh, well, he just had trouble concentrating because he doesn't really communicate that yeah. well. You know what I mean? Also, what he was, was building he building on the beach? Exactly. Tunnel. What kid builds a tunnel? It's a sandcastle. But he was building a tunnel. Why? Because he grew up in exactly. the tunnels. Exactly. So that's what yes, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's all these kind of little telltale signs. And I was just like, I was watching the movie and I was just like, shit, what the hell is going on over here? And, you know, there's a bit at the beginning which kind of alluded to this thing about tunnels. And then you kind of realise, oh, oh, right. Okay, I get it. That's, you know, that's fitting into there. And, you know, there's a kind of, there's so many different things like going on in that movie. You know, there's a commentary about, you know, first of all, it's called Us. You know, us as in like US, America, United States. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And then, yeah. you know, there's a bit in the in the film where she turns around and says, "We are Americans," and you know, it's it's kind of like a, a talk yep. on it's, it's it's a it's a it's a comment on the state of affairs that are going on in America right now. And and race yeah. hasn't got anything yeah. to do with it because I think a lot of people might go into this film. Like- immig- immigration exactly, and stuff, yeah. isn't it? And- a lot of people might go into it and thinking, "Oh, yeah," you know. Get Out was a lot about race and about, you know, it was a comment about that sort of stuff. But I think this is kind of like mm. straight up one of those films where you, you know, you're you're in danger, you know, about the duality of about living the different lives that you lead. So there's a lot of stuff going in on it. And for people who haven't seen it, you might have to watch it and watch it again to kind of get it a few times. But yeah, it's definitely worth watching. Oh, yeah, I think it's definitely the sort of film you need to watch a couple of times. If, I've seen it three times now. And you need to yeah. see it a few times. And in between that, you need to do your research as yeah. well. I think that's the best way to really uh, get the best, get the most out of this film. But exactly. yeah, it's a good film. All good right, film. okay. So let's move on to what's out on uh, Blu-ray. Can you tell us what we can look forward to? Yes, I can. Can you tell us? Yes, I can. <laughs> so <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet. I watched this in the cinema when it came out and you liked a few it, months right? ago. Really good film. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, so this is out on Blu-ray and DVD. 
I would cop it. Cop it for yourself. Cop it for yeah, the kids. Man. Cop it for everyone. It's a good film. Really enjoyable. Uh, it's got some really uh, good so, sort of a social commentary regarding internet, old school internet, and how old school interacts with the new school. So yeah, it's really good. So I, I would recommend that one. Uh, and also out on this week, out this week on Blu-ray DVD is The Old Man and His Gun. That's Robert Redford. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see this in the cinema, so I don't really know what it's about. I guess it's about, it's about an and old man his and his gun. <laughs> Does he go around robbing, robbing banks or something like that? I think, and is it like, a Western? I don't know. Is it, can you tell me if it's, if it's a Western? Uh, I think so. I'll, I'll tell you that if, if you want. I, I don't know if it'd be true, <laughs> but... <laughs> I just kind of get the feeling that it's a Western is because obviously Robert Redford, he was, he starred in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and, you know, it just kind of has kind uh. of, I don't know, is it, is it related to that or is it a Western? Yeah, 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 it's okay. related to that, yeah. I lied. I don't know. <laughs> 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 no, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a story about a, a man who, I think in his heyday, he probably was like quite a good uh, gunslinger. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now he's not. So, you know, it's, it's got Casey Affleck in it as right, well. Okay. Uh, but no, it's basically, okay, I'm going I'm to read it out to you. It's based on a true story about uh, a guy called uh, Forrest Tucker and his escape from San oh. Quentin at the age of 70. So San Quentin's a prison in San Francisco, yeah. isn't it? It's a, I think it's a, the same prison that Ant-Man was in, oh. <laughs> in Ant-Man, San Quentin. Yeah. Do you remember? San, San Quentin prison. Yeah, it's Ant-Man was in that prison. So he should have just asked Ant-Man to help him out. get out. He could have used the pin, pin particles, you know? But yeah, so basically tells the story of his escape uh, from that prison at the age wow. of 70. And I guess he goes on, on the run and he's got his gun. So old man yeah, and his gun. gun. So I guess the police are looking for him and they say, howdy, partner. Have you seen an old man in his gun? And the shopkeeper's like, no, sir, I have not seen an old man in his gun. If I do, I'll be sure to tell you. You know, one of those sorts of situations. Oh my gosh. Seriously, your talents so. are wasted, man. <laughs> well, I'm just, uh, well, either my talents are wasted or I'm a wasted talent. One of them. No, no, it's just, just wasted. Uh, right. Okay. So, right. So, all right. So that's what's, that's what you can um, look forward to seeing on Blu-ray. Now, coming out on streaming or new, new films that you can uh, watch uh, trailers of, we've got a big, We've got kind of like a few things going on over here. But the first one that I want to quickly mention is this new film, Quentin Tarantino's new film, which is going to be coming out really soon, is Once mm. Upon a Time in Hollywood, which has uh, got so many actors in there. Uh, it, it references basically Hollywood a lot. It's got Brad Pitt. It's got Leonardo DiCaprio. It's got, um, it's got someone playing Bruce Lee. Believe it or not, are you? Are you? Oh my I'm gosh, are you serious? serious? It's got someone, but we're going to see Bruce Lee in this movie. Oh my gosh, Margot Robbie's Margot in there as well, Robbie's isn't she? In it as well, that beauty, and she's and Luke Perry, the the the, 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 the now yeah. like yeah, wow, Luke Perry, yeah, okay, Luke Perry, he's the, yeah, he's the one from Beverly Hills 90210, right? Yeah, 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 okay. that's right. Yeah. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, go out and obviously watch this trailer. It's 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 kind of like a a, a murder mystery. And the backdrop is Hollywood and, and 
behind the scenes you've got these famous people so you've got people like Sharon Tate Bruce um, Bruce Lee you know you're going to have other famous people in there and it's going to have it's going to allude to you know um, the Marilyn the Marilyn Manson the Manson murders you know that was kind of like you know really big in Hollywood at the time so I think it's going to be pretty amazing and it just kind of feels like something different something different from Tarantino the type of story that he's trying to tackle over here but he's going to have the Tarantino twist to it I think so yeah it'll be interesting so go check that one out also we got Hannah <coughs> who's Hannah we got Hannah that's going Hannah's going to be released on uh Amazon Prime Hannah uh did a film actually Hannah with Sir Ronan and yeah. Eric Banner that came out a few years ago and she's like a, a female sort of teenaged uh yeah. Jason Bourne good film. almost and she kicks she kicks ass yeah really good film I, like, I did like that film uh she kicks ass she's like a, a she's like a trained assassin but I think the program goes wrong because she I guess she becomes you know I guess she becomes woke yeah. <laughs> she becomes woke and doesn't want to play along with the program the program you know realize that she's not playing ball they want to hunt her down and they they see her as their as their property. So obviously she's she's been trained so well, they can't just contain her. So the uh the, the I guess in this series it'll be the the hunt for her as she tries to, you know, claim her freedom and independence back and then the government trying to take back their property and use her as a weapon as they originally intended. Yeah, yeah it, look, it looks, it sounds good. So that's available on Amazon Prime right now. Yeah, it sounds really good. And like I said, yeah, uh, yeah. And I, right. I mean, I was, I'm, I'm a big fan of the film Hannah and that's going to, it's something that's on my watch list. Uh, also, uh, Dumbo. So the Disney film Dumbo has been released and there's a trailer out there if you want to see the trailer first. But I think this is, I think the reviews have already come in on this one and it's kind of like a few mixed reviews. But yeah, Dumbo, a big, huge uh, Disney film. They've kind of rebooted it. Obviously, it was made years and years and years ago. I didn't see the original Dumbo. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to have a chance to see this Dumbo, but you know what? It's a flying elephant. I'm sure that is going to put bums on seats, man. <laughs> yeah, it's the Tim Burton Tim as well, Burton. isn't it? And when was the last time that we've seen a Tim Burton film? Oh, Gordon Bennett would have been uh, one of those Johnny Depp type films, isn't it? Uh, what Edward Scissorhands? Oh, okay. Like, oh no, after that, probably like uh, uh, Mrs. Peregrine's Home oh, for Peculiar Children. children yeah, yeah, I think like maybe it was I, I the last film. I didn't watch did. it. I didn't watch it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah, if you love your Disney, uh, ladies and gents then go check that one out. Now, here's a trailer that I want to quickly mention. It's a film starring Robert Pattinson. It's a sci-fi movie. And when you watch the trailer, these words start coming at you. Mesmerizing, masterpiece, classic. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like what, what is this film? Is this like, you know, what? I want to watch it right now. So I put on the trailer, it's called High Life. And it's about a, a, a guy who's with his daughter they're on a uh they're traveling in space and it's almost like oh god so many genres it, it's it's a horror it's a psychological film it's got elements of of do you remember the film uh well it's got elements of kind of like sunshine it's got elements of 
you know. Oh yes, okay, yeah. yeah. I like that so film. it's got elements yeah. of that in there about being isolated, and it's about you know things can go wrong. It's about uh, a film about a relationship between a man and his and his daughter, and what that means, and it means about survival. I, I watched the trailer, and you know what? It does look good, man. It's it's like it's it's mind trippy. It's you know it's mind bending. Robin Patterson looks really good in it, and the from what the trailer is telling us that it's 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 going to be a really good film. So check that one out. Also, also which oh. is just out just out cool. in America. It's got Andre three thousand in yeah. it. Yeah, yes, and it's got like um, uh, <laughs> Aunt Binoche. Is it, is it Binoche? Some uh, a French actress, Juliette Binoche. Juliet. Yeah, Juliette Binoche. Yeah, she's usually, she's usually pretty good. So yeah, go check that one out. But one one thing that I wanted to mention, uh, and this is obviously connected to Jordan Peele, is the Twilight Zone trailer, and this looks really good. This has got loads of different actors in this in 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 the trailer. Oh. So oh gosh, like um, I don't know, God, so many different actors are in this and. Obviously, it's from the mind of Jordan Peele, who's a big fan of of the Twilight Zone from the sixties, seventies, whenever it was. Oh yeah, and yeah. I saw the trailer. Yeah, that was inspiration for one of his. Uh, for, for exactly. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. So there's different. This it's kind of like an yeah. anthology of different creepy, you know, horror type stories. And I saw the trailer. I can't wait. And I, you know, what I would just say, go out and watch the trailer. And I think it's already started in America. Oh, wow. I can't wait for this. I cannot yes. wait for this. Yes. I and, love it. And love another it. trailer with similar themes to High Life and Twilight Zone is Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Have you heard of this one, Devel? Oh, I've heard of it. This is the, is this the one that's, that's done by yes. Guillermo del Toro? Yeah, Am yeah, I getting I confused? So, yeah. Yes, isn't it? Yeah, I think we spoke about this a few, a few uh, weeks or months ago, actually. But this is looking to be really good as well. So there's a trailer out now. There's isn't a trailer there? out for this, and it's based on, on on a children's book. But don't let that put you off. This goes. Uh, this is apparently a lot a lot darker than the children's book. So you know you're going to have scares. You're going to have frights. You're going to have things which are, you know, go bump in the night. And when you watch the trailer, there is a character in this trailer or you know in in this in in this film and i tell you what i can only describe it as really large with a demonic face with very very thin hair and with black teeth oh, right and what the trailer does is it, you just see flashes images of this thing and I'm telling you, Devour, right? It's flipping creepy, man. I think this is going to be really good. Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I love I know, all this man. stuff. All this freaky horror, sci-fi, all this exactly. stuff. I love it. Can't right. wait. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, that is what you can find on streaming and on trailers. Go check them out. Tell us what you think. Uh, but what we're going to do now, right now, is to move on to Anniversary Corner. And we've got some films for you which are a mix of horror, sci-fi, psych-comedy as well. Uh, and just looking at this list, yeah, kind of, kind of interesting mix over here. So the first one that we've got is a... How would you describe this? It stars Nicolas Cage. It was from 10 years ago. So that was back 2009. How yeah. would you describe this? What is it? End of the world type of a film? No, no, not end of the world. It's a uh, sci-fi. No. 
Well, it is professing, yeah, like an, a sci-fi, but the end of the world is something that the uh, is like a, I guess, I don't know what to call it, but it's like a plot device almost, like it's something that they always, that's always looming and is the motivation for the main character, uh, Nicolas Cage. He's a MIT professor, if you yeah, can believe that. Yeah. Yes, he's an MIT professor. And <laughs> he basically links a load of mysterious numbers uh, to... Uh, a time capsule the school put into the ground years ago and uh, all these numbers uh, it's almost like his Nostradamus so all these, all these numbers relate to disasters that are about to happen and the main disaster is going to be something that's going to be like a really massive world changing disaster and uh, he's trying to convince people that he's telling the truth they think he's mad a lot of madness happens, and yeah, it's a it's a strange film. It's, it's quite an interesting film. And do you know who else stars in this uh, film? Brian, the lady whose name we forgot for the past yes, Rose Byrne, Byrne. the lady whose name we forgot for the past three weeks yes, who is uh, Maury McTaggart from <laughs> exactly, <laughs> from she's X-Men. from Australia as well. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, she's from Australia. And I, I, I'm really shocked at that. I thought she was uh, yeah, an English yeah, actress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Australians, they're really good at accents. So, uh, so yeah. So, do you know what? I think they're probably the best, you know, because I, I, I don't know where they're from until they do an interview. I've not got a clue. And even in the interview, it, it shocks me at the interview. I'm like, hold on, you're <laughs> blooming Australian? Yeah, but yeah, so so knowing, yeah, knowing's a cool film. I think it's worth a watch. Uh, Ten years yeah, ago, exactly. two thousand and nine. Um, right. Okay. So moving on to this next one. This is from fifteen years ago. This is two thousand and four, and this is Mean Girls, and this has got some. This has got kind of a cult cult following. This film, and it's got who does it start? It stars um, uh, Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan. Lohan and uh, future um, yeah. Doctor Strange act, actor uh, actress. Uh, Oh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Yep. yep. So can you give us a lowdown? Give us a lowdown on this one. Well, I was hoping you could do this one because I've never seen it. <laughs> I've never seen it. Not going to see it. Don't want to see it. Uh, but I'm sure, like you said, it's got like a cult it, it, following, it hasn't has, it? From, mean from girls, what I, know. I don't know. What is it? About a bunch of mean girls? Like girls that are bullying someone in school or something yeah, like that? it's kind of like know. this film about like you know, obviously growing pains and what it is to be a student mm. and growing up and having friends and having people who are, you know, mean to you. I can kind of imagine. So I, I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen it, uh, but I, I have heard that, a, you know, a lot, a lot of people do like the movie and um, yeah. So it's, it's 15 years old. That time flies. Time wow. flies. It does. Yeah. So, which now I want to move on to this next movie, which I'm a lot more excited about to speak about. This is a movie from 20 years ago, 1999, directed by Spike Lee. Got a whole host of brilliant actors in this film, and uh, the guy Adrian Brody, he won an Oscar for the pianist or the piano. I want to say. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And this yeah. film, at the backdrop of this film is the summer of 1982, uh, uh, I want to say, 1982. So the backdrop is summer of 1982. And do you remember um, Berkowitz, uh, Sam Berkowitz, who Sam Berkowitz is? 
Oh, that's the c- yeah. serial killer, so isn't it? Yeah. This film takes place in uh, on record one of the hottest summers of New York at that time, and the backdrop is uh, Son of Sam, oh. the, um, the 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 basically the serial killer killing people, and it focuses it focuses in on this neighborhood part of New York and the different characters that live in this neighborhood, and they. I tell you what, Deval, it's a cracking, cracking movie because you you follow these different characters. So you've got some gangsters there. You've got some street hoodlums there. You've got Adrian Brody's character there, who's this kind of like punk rocker. And and the backdrop is who the hell is killing all these different people. So it's 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 almost like they're trying to figure out who, you know, um, Son of Sam is, who this killer is. And we're trying to figure out who these characters are. And I watched the film. I thought, you know what? Spike Lee is a brilliant director. He knows how to kind of bring out these performances and people. And he knows how to tell really interesting stories. So if you liked Zodiac, do you remember that film Zodiac? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, quite yeah, a while Robert ago. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. I so think. Yeah. that film deals with the similar subject matter about who this, who the Zodiac Killer is. And in Summer of Sam, you've you've also got that going on in the background as well. Who is this person? But 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 at the forefront is you've got these different characters and about how they live in their lives and about you know how they are trying to work out what's going on in their own lives. I think it's a really really good film. Uh, cracking performances and it just goes to show spike lee man he's he he's he's got he's such a talented director he he knows how to diversify he's not a one-trick pony yeah 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 i I would definitely go out and watch that one and from 25 years ago this is now this is from 1994 i remember this film this is maverick (laughs) <laughs> this is a really good film. film so know? this is Jodie Foster this is Mel Gibson this has got Danny Glover and this is a western it's a comedy it's a comedy film so um, it's got James Garner in here as well so it's Mel Gibson he kind of plays a lovable rogue where he's a thief he joins up with Jodie Foster and they plan to uh, rob some uh, you know go to a kind of like a, a card game and they they rob people basically so if you love westerns if you love mel gibson and i'm a big fan of mel gibson by the way uh you know what it's it's not it's not his greatest movie it's not particularly like you know the funniest movie that you're ever going to see but it's if you ever wanted to see jodie foster and uh, mel gibson together this is your chance and it's got it's, it's got a, <laughs> uh, a cameo from danny glover as well so that's kind of interesting uh, what else? Oh. What else have we got? Right. So, tell us about what we got from thirty years ago. So, thirty years ago, having to go back, I thought, what? How can we actually, you know, illustrate going back thirty years? We're gonna have to show something that's actually worthy of that. So, what better than showing Back to the Future oh, two? Thirty years ago. Yeah. So, this is probably. Do people say, is this, is this the best one of the three, do you reckon? Or is the first one better? You know what? what do you reckon? I've, I don't know. It's, all three of them have got a special place in my heart. I particularly love the first one, but the second one is so brilliant because of the fact that, you know, you, you're traveling, you know, to the future. It's brilliant, man. I love it. Yeah. 
it's those trainers, isn't it? The trainers and the uh, the skateboard, hover skateboard. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. You know, actually, in this film, Elijah the Wood kids. was one of the uh, little boys in the in the, in the video, yeah, yeah video yeah, totally. game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Michael, Michael J. Fox, he goes into but, uh, one of the stores but, and, you know, there's an arcade machine and he's like, let me play in this arcade machine and Elijah Wood is there, kind of baby-faced. Yeah, exactly. He would have, I mean, if he was a bit older, he could have been, he could have been uh, Marty McFly, isn't it? He would have been, a, he would have been a good yeah, Marty McFly, I think. Good. But yeah, so this is, so I remember when this came out and so you've got to think about this. Back to the Future, the first part, that came out in 1985 and this was four years later. And you know, we took, you know, we four talk years, about like, yeah. oh my God, like when is the next Marvel film coming out? Like it's two years. And even then two years is too long or one year is too long. <laughs> this was four years. I had to yeah, wait four yeah, years for yeah. this next film. And I, it was always one of those things. I was like, okay, when are they going to bring part two, part two? And they made part two and part three back to back, which was really, really great. So yeah, they made them oh, back did to they? back. So oh, yeah, okay. part two came at 89 and part three came out in 1990. But yeah, the whole kind of thing about Marty McFly, you know, traveling back in time, seeing his parents and then going to the future to save and stuff. I love it, man. And and the date. It's so weird. The future was 2015. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they thought 2015 would look like. Well, I'm so disappointed. Oh, How wrong they were. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 2015. Uh, you know what? I've got to say, I'm a huge fan of these films and I would love to see a reboot, like a really, really good reboot of this. Like, mm. oh man, it would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> 2015. Okay, cool. So that concludes Anniversary Corner. So next we have uh, our review. Yeah. So tell us, Deval, what are we, what are we talking about this week? Because you got a film to review and I got a film to review. You got, oh, you got, yeah. I'm really interested to know about your so film. My film is actually on Netflix and it came out a few weeks ago, actually, but I never got a chance to see it. And I thought, you know what, let me see it and let me talk about it in this week's show. Uh, this week I'm talking about Velvet Buzzshaw. So Velvet Buzzshaw is a really, it's a weird name, first of all. Uh, it's directed by Dan Gilroy, who also directed uh, Nightcrawler. Yeah, I think, I think you mentioned that before. It's a good film. Nightcrawler, again, starring uh, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Also uh, has co-written Kong, Squall Island. Yeah, oh, and Born okay. Legacy as well, co-written that. Uh, and yeah, so, you know, good writer, director and, uh, yeah, good filmmaker. But yeah, this film, uh, Velvet Buzzshaw, bit of a weird one, bit of a weird film. The premise is, uh, it's about, uh, so Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, stars in the film. We've got Rene Russo, Rene Russo, who also stars in the film, uh, Zawe Ashton, uh, British actress stars in the film as well. Uh, Tony Collette does really well in the film. Uh, really good. Uh, Nat- Natalia Dyer, who's actually in uh, uh, Stranger Things. She's uh, Nancy Wheeler in Stranger Things. Also, John Malkovich as well is in the film. So, yeah, so the, basically the premise is Jake Gyllenhaal is a like an art... What is he? He's like an art agent or like an art... Uh, it's more like an art critique. He does reviews and, you know, stuff like that regarding art. 
uh, and you know, all the other characters are involved in art as well. It's an artist type world that they're all that they're all involved in. One of the characters uh, comes across. Uh, basically, one of the characters' neighbor passes away and dies randomly. Uh, she goes up into the this right. neighbor's house. Don't ask me how, but it happens, and she finds all this art that is really, really like just edgy, really edgy art. And she finds it all over the person's apartment. Now she takes the art because <laughs> she knows good art because she works in art. She takes the art, takes it back to yeah. her place, shows someone, and then the, person, the person's mesmerized by it. They're like, oh my gosh, where did he get this? And she's like, oh, I found it. And they're like, okay, don't tell anyone where you found it. We're going to go and like, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to promote this artist as like a Banksy type person and say, this art is like, you know, you're never going to find anything like this in the world. And it's true, they're not, because the person's dead. So they promote this art. It starts to take off. People love it. It's like they, they're going to reveal it at a gallery and it's all going great. But in the backdrop, things, weird things start to happen because this art is almost cursed. The person that died left a note saying, destroy all my art. But they didn't. They obviously didn't oh. take heed of that note, and weird things start to happen. If you look at the art too long, it can make you go crazy. You can start seeing things, and you can start doing things to yourself, or things will happen to you that can't be explained. And it's like the art is possessed by some sort of crazy, you know, demon or whatever. But people start to die. Basically, you know, it's not like a thing that. You know, you question it to say, oh, is it happening? Is it not? Shit is happening. People are dying. The art is killing people. Bit by bit, people that become people, I think I think the thing is that people that benefit from the art, the people that promote the art start to die. And yeah, shit hits the fan. But it's quite an interesting film. Uh, the art, the, the acting's all quite over the top because it's like the art, the art world. And I think it's like a caricature of some of the you know, I guess stereotypical characteristics of people in the art world, which I don't know anything about, so I can't say whether it's true or not, but like Jake Gyllenhaal is very campish and, you know, all, all that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good film, well-acted, uh, interesting story, uh, nothing that you haven't really seen before, to be honest, but just interesting in how they portray it. The art is actually quite good, and I think the, the, uh, okay. the imagery is quite unique in the art as well so you kind of look at it for a long time yourself and think oh shit i better not stare at it you know <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, but yeah no it's a, it's a decent film i wouldn't give it anything more than a six you know to be honest uh because it wasn't i don't think okay. it was anything special but it did it did grip my attention i saw it in two in two parts i fell asleep the first time <laughs> I, was ti- I was i was tired though i was tired <laughs> and then i finished it the next day uh, so interesting film yeah <laughs> <laughs> interesting film so it's, it's on netflix uh velvet bus show so you can copy it anytime you want and uh yeah so give it a watch great performances i think tony collect does a really good job uh she's really good at this film i liked her a lot yeah okay. she's good yeah she's good yeah she's really so, good yeah it's worth a watch i think give it a, give it a try guys and let us know what you think yeah okay well all right. i'll try and fit that one in well listen look here's talking of netflix here's another film that is uh out on netflix as well and i've been meaning to watch this film for such a long time it came out in january okay so this film's been kind of 
you know, all over the place, uh, like on Netflix and it, it's always been popping up on, on the feed. And I was like, damn it, I've got to watch it. I've got to watch it. I've got to watch it. Uh, the name of the film is, it's, it's called Polar and it stars Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, you saw it. You Did saw you, it. You yeah, seen, yeah. Have, have you mentioned it a while ago. I, I eventually, I mentioned it a while ago. I eventually got around to watching this film and you know what? I've got a bit of a soft spot for it and it's n- it's nothing that you have not seen before. All right. So let's, let me just get okay. that out there, right? You are not going to come away from this film thinking, oh, wow, that was absolutely amazing. However, it's got so many moments in this film, which are like, you, you know, you start chuckling and you start laughing and you're like, okay, that's not appropriate, but I'm still going to go a- along with this film. So uh, let me just give you kind of like a brief uh, synopsis of this. So film stars uh, Mads Mikkelsen. He was in um, Quantum. No, he was in the James Bond C- film. He was the villain yeah. of Casino Royale. Yeah, he was the villain in uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, he plays an assassin and he's um, nearing his retirement. So at the age of 50, he's going to retire. Uh, when he hits 50 years old, his his employer they are going to give him his retirement fund, which is a lot, a lot of money. And this is crucial, okay? So they they have to give him his money. And the film starts off in South America. Uh, a, an assassin gets killed. That assassin is uh, Johnny Knoxville. And a team goes in, blow his head off. Then we cut to Mads Mikkelsen, who's in some small town, uh, um, uh, uh, town in America. He just wants to live the quiet life now. He wants to you know, put up his boots and just be like done with it. I've, I've gone, you know, my assassin days are over. Just give me my retirement money and boom, that is it. However, this wouldn't be a film without some shit going down. And the plot thickens when his employer decides, you know what? I don't want to give Mads Mikkelsen his retirement money. Instead, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a hit out on him. So the film centers around this whole plot device about Mads Mikkelsen uh, being killed and him trying to find out who has put the hit out on him. So what's next? Oh my God, this film is all over the place. <laughs> so you've got the, the, the assassin team. They're made up, they, you know, they're made up of a bunch of uh, different people, crazy, nothing that you haven't seen before. There's one who kind of does a lot of the talking. There's one who does a lot of the firing. Uh, they, they're going out to hunt um, uh, Mads Mikkelsen, who, by the way, his name in this film is, his nickname in the film is called The Black Kaiser. Oh right. my so gosh. That should tell you something about about this guy. And if you've seen films like Red, do you remember Bruce Willis yeah, film I've seen Red? That, yeah, with Helen Mirren as well, I think. With, with with Helen Mirren in it, it's got kind of shades of that. It's got shades of John Wick, but it's nowhere near as good as John Wick. And to the point where in this movie, Mads Mickelson, the Black Kaiser, he actually goes out and he buys a dog. And there's a funny little sequence with with what happens to that dog. I'm not gonna spoil it go out and watch it what happens but there's all these little funny little bits in there and the story shifts from different countries from miami florida to austin texas to belarus in russia you know you see flashbacks of of mads mickelson you know taking people out so he's he's you know he's he's old he's gruff he wants to retire but the bad people won't let him retire so the story the plot of the story is he's got to then go out and take out the people who want to take him out and uh, 
like I said before, it's, it's nothing that you haven't seen before, but I, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. Uh, there was that scene with, with, with him and the dog. There's another scene where he has to go into a local school and he has to teach a lesson, but he's not good with children. He doesn't know how to speak to children. So what does an assassin do? He teaches them about how to kill people. Um, so that was quite funny. And you know what? It's got Matt Lucas in it from Little Britain. Um, do you yeah, remember him? The Matt bald Lucas guy. from yeah. Little Britain? <laughs> yeah, the ball guy. He's in it. So he plays his employer. So you've got these funny different characters and you've got Mads Mickelson playing this assassin. So it's interesting just to see how he gets from A to B. And it's visual. It's got a lot of kind of, you know, action set pieces in there and there's a lot of violence. There's one particular scene which I liked and it says a lot about me rather than the film. There's a bit in there where he he kills someone with a drill, oh, <laughs> which I thought gosh, was quite interesting. <laughs> and yeah, it was just like this. He just pulls it out at this drill and he starts drilling the guy's head. And I'm like, shit, shit. I said, Are they really doing this? Are they really doing this? And yeah, they, they really do it. And um, so, yeah, so it's got these kind of like fantastical ways of killing people. It's loud, it's brash. But at the same time, there's another element to it where he meets his neighbor and there's a connection with the neighbor to his past. And obviously, I'm not going to tell you what that is. You'll have to watch the film. But it's only about an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, If you've got nothing to do on a Friday, you're just chilling out. I'd say pop it on. And yeah, you'll be entertained for that little bit and you won't kind of come away thinking that that is John Wick level type of a movie, but it's definitely entertaining. And I would probably give it a six and a half. Okay, cool. Okay. 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 Yeah. So if you, yeah, if you can get a chance, um, pop that on and it's on Netflix, so you can watch it anytime you want. Mm, Okay. Thank you. Good review. Thanks for that. I think I'm going to have to give that a watch at some yeah. point. Give it, give it a watch, and I'm and and just following on from that, I'm looking forward to another Mads Mikkelsen film, where it's called uh, it's, got, it's called Arctic. Ah. Um, have, I'm not sure. Have you have you heard of this? Where he's he's crash landed in the Arctic, and he's got to survive with him, and I think it's his daughter. And I saw the trailer for this film, and you know what? He's a great actor. He's really good. He's, you know what, he's got different layers, this guy, and you see him in Polar, but then you see him in the trailer for Arctic. Yeah, man, he's good. He's good. I like Mads. He's good. Go watch it for him. (laughs) You like Mads. Mad about Mads. Yeah. Mad Mads. Right. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, we are going to bring you some hidden gems right now. And the first film that we are going to bring you on our hidden gem section is one from a while back, directed by... Oh, geez, I've forgotten his name now. He directed Shaun of the Dead. He directed most recently um, Baby Driver. He directed uh, Hot Fuzz. And his name will come to me, Deval, with a bit of help from my friends. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name? You mean, uh, you mean uh, obviously, you mean, what's his name, innit? That almost directed Ant-Man as well. And uh, yeah, he, he almost directed Ant-Man. Uh, he was involved in the... Like pre-production, gonna start shooting. Uh, creative differences happened, and instead of him, uh, the new director took took uh, came on board. But uh, he was still involved in uh, produ- in, in being a co-producer of Ant Man. 
Yeah. 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 So uh, Ian uh, Edgar, Edgar Wright. Wright. <laughs> I said I was going to say Ian Wright. <laughs> Ian Wright, Wright, Wright. No, Edgar Wright. Yeah. Right. That's the one. <laughs> Edgar Wright. Yep, Edgar yeah. Wright. Edgar yeah. Wright, who then went on to do, you know, like I said, for, like you know, he went, he, you know, he was he was going to be the director of Ant Man mm. and Creative Differences and everything. Well, he made this film back in two thousand and ten, and it's based on a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it stars Michael Cera. Do you remember Michael Cera? Yeah, from one of those like comedies and stuff. Yeah, like uh, I don't know, was he in Pineapple Express yeah. or something like that? I don't know. Well, like all those uh, Juno, Juno, okay, he's in Juno, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so here's the premise. So, Michael Serra, he's a slacker who has to battle seven evil exes <laughs> of his latest girlfriend, and the movie is absolutely bonkers. It's crazy. It stars Michael Serra. It's got Kieran Culkin, so that's uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother. Ah. It's got Chris Evans, Anna Kendrick. It's got Brandon Brandon Superman. Ruth, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. I remember her? She's in it, yeah. Yeah, it's got Brie Larson in it as well. Ah, okay. Um, so yeah, so basically, this film it's got so many movie references, and Edgar Wright, he is a he's a film buff. You know, he he lives and breathes, walks and talks films. So his movies reference other movies and and you know we got that from Shaun of the Dead you know which references uh loads of other kind of like um you know pop culture and this is no different now the one shocking thing about this movie is that it was a flop when it came out I don't understand that yeah I don't understand it I do not understand it like how can this kind of a film like this be like so badly received but you know what? I I just think it was just kind of I, what a lot of people said was it just had too many references and people weren't ready for the type of movie that it that it was, and I just thought to myself, well, look, you know, it's based on a graphic novel, and you know, he tried to show this film and trait and stay true to the graphic novel, and if you watch it on that, you know what? It, it kind of fulfills the criteria. It's funny. You know, Michael Cera, he plays this kind of geeky, nerdy, like like I said before, like he plays a musician and he he falls for this new, uh, for this girl called uh, called Ramona, I think her name is. But yeah. the baggage, the baggage that comes with it is that she has these evil exes and these evil exes have like basically special powers. So he has to fight these, uh, these people. And Chris Evans is in this and he's brilliant. This guy has been in so many superhero mo- or, or in comic book kind of like films. He was obviously in Fantastic Four. Yeah. He was in this one and he was in, do you remember this one called The Losers? Yeah, with Idris Elba, I think. Was it in that as well? Idris, yeah, Idris Elba is in that. That's based on a comic book as well. A yeah. graphic novel. Yeah. Crazy. So seeing so seeing Chris, Chris Evers in this film as well. But I mean, um, like... I don't know. How would you, you, you've seen this, right? I've seen it. Yeah. I think it's a really good film. I think it's a really good film. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's almost like the comic book uh, jumps out of the screen sometimes and weird fantastical things happen that only could happen in comics. So it's a really good, yeah, it's a definite hidden gem. People should know about this film more often. Yeah, definitely. And like, you know, kind of like the visual style of the film where, you know, um, you might get someone knocking on the door and, as the person is knocking on the door, you'll hear the the kind of 
the the vibrations of the knocking on the door come up on the screen you know these all uh, it's, yes, it's so yeah, hard yeah, to it's yeah. so hard to explain like you know how how this film functions but it's crazy he's got to fight these exes and you know so it's a love story it's a uh it's a you know it's a it's a it's an adaptation of a graphic novel as well so it's got kind of like you know superhero elements to it as well and it's it's, it's got the fantastical uh, something fantastical about it so if you love uh, Edgar Wright stuff then you're definitely going to love this one and it's like definitely go out and watch this one yeah, so for sure. the second film that I want to the second film that I want to bring to people's attention and I was a bit kind of I was a bit unsure about whether or not this is an actual hidden gem because you know it's one of those movies where it's it, it went under the radar, but I think because of time, a lot of people may have already seen it by now. But for our audiences who are out in Indonesia and Thailand and all these different places, I'm not sure if they might have caught this. And this is a film called, I hope I, I get this pronunciation right. Is it Gataka or Gataka? How would you Ga- pronounce it? I would say the first way, Gataka. That's, yeah, that's Gattaca, what I right? say. Yeah. So Gataka, yeah, stars uh, Ethan Hawke stars Uma Thurman, stars Jude Law, set in the future in a world where only the perfect people, only perfect people with perfect DNA are allowed to 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 travel to is it the moon? No. What is it? Or another planet? What do you remember that? Yeah, it's 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 uh I don't know where I don't know where it is. It's basically yes yeah, it's somewhere in space or something like that, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's it was made in 1997, and 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 like I mentioned before, it stars uh, Ethan Hawke, where Ethan Hawke, as a child, he he's always fantasized about uh, traveling into outer space, but because he is genetically inferior to other human beings, he will never have the opportunity to go to outer space, yeah. and the story is centers around you know, him, him and how he fits in society and how he fits within this kind of perfect society and about, it's a, it's a, it's a discussion about, you know, uh, can this perfect society exist? And why is it that only, you know, if you are kind of like, you know, uh, perfect that you get to, I don't know, let, let's say get everything and, you know, be the best at everything what happens to the working class people or what happens to people who don't have, you know, uh, those opportunities. So it's a discussion about, about, uh, status in society. It's a discussion about, you know, where you see yourself and whether or not, you know, you believe in the class system, mm, okay. whether or not that you can go beyond the class system. And how do you break out beyond that? So it's got so many different layers to it. And I thought, you know what? It's a really, really good film about him trying to beat the system and about him being inferior, but at the same time, him actually being superior to them because he eventually, well, actually, I mean, I mean, I won't spoil it, whether or not he, he gets to go uh, to wherever he wants to go. So you'll have to go out and watch it. But it's, it's a highly rated film. It it probably has gone under the radio, radar for a lot of people, would you say? I would say, yeah. It's not one of the ones that really, uh, like, it's not like Matrix level, you know, but at the same time, it does have uh, really defining uh, themes about, like I said, about class and social status and stuff like that, which, again, links into things like us 
of more recent times. But yeah, imagine, I mean, I think the, the mission was a, a trip to Titan, which is one of Saturn's moons, because they wanted a better life and to go and live there. And imagine that you are, you know, your DNA is inferior. I mean, what can you do? When your DNA isn't what they say you sh- it should be, you cannot change it. I mean, character, experience, all that kind of stuff, you can maybe, you know, somewhat change. But when your DNA, <laughs> what chance have you got? <laughs> exactly. You know, so it's a great film. Good pick. Yeah, I, I liked Katika. I ain't seen it for years, but it's definitely one of those films that you need to revisit as you get older because you'd appreciate it a lot more. So I think, yeah, it's definitely a, a hidden gem that, you know, that uh, I guess gets better with age, like fine wine. Like fine wine, like me. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so definitely it's, it's it's you know, it's a sci-fi. It, for me, it's a classic because it's got so many different themes in there. And, you know, if, you've, if you're one of those person, uh, if you're one of those people who ever wondered about, you know, what it means to leave your place and then to go and explore other, other worlds, mm. you know what, this film kind of speaks Gattaca. about that. And... Yeah, it's, it's it's really good for it's a good film. Go check it out. And go check it out. I'm actually gonna before you say anything, I think next week we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna review uh, Pet Cemetery. And yes, Pet Cemetery is out next week. We're gonna review it, and I've got a hidden gem in mind that I think I want to put on for next week because it fits into the Pet Cemetery vibe. If you know what I mean, so I think I want to do that. So. So yes, so yes, next week Pet Cemetery. I think also uh, next week is also Shazam. Yes, oh my gosh, next week's going to be a bumper week, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, man. I can't wait. A I can't bumper. wait. Um, Shazam. <laughs> Shazam. I can't. I can't wait for this. Two, yeah, two films that I want to see, and yeah. I can't wait to kind of like watch them, and then we can speak about them yeah. next week. I've heard good things of Pet, Pet Cemetery so so far, and Shazam. So I think next week. We're both going to be very happy. So we need to leave some space to talk about those two films. Definitely. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, good show. Thanks for your, you, you, you put in some, some, some work. You, you got some good reviews in this week and hidden gems and everything, man. Damn. Yeah, man. I mean, messing listen, around. Down we, under. Down we've under. Got, that, that, we've got the watering listeners. holes really doing it good for you, isn't it? Isn't it, mate? <laughs> it is, Going mate. to the watering so, holes, really. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we've got listeners, man, that we got a cater to. Yeah. To <laughs> so you know it means we've got to articulate ourselves as best as we can uh, because you know the babangidas of this world are relying on us for the film news they sure are <laughs> all right on that note ladies yeah. and gentlemen thank you for listening thanks for downloading the show keep it locked and we will see you soon take it away deval that's it thanks guys again make sure you put in the Flixers podcast like subscribe and follow us and we will see you next time Peace out.